Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Emily Snyder. She's a multifamily real estate broker in Texas. And she shares a little bit about her journey getting into the business, but then spends most of the podcast here talking about how she helps clients get into deals uh, and work through you know, all the complexities of identifying and closing a large multifamily project, $10, $20 million uh, multifamily project. So obviously there are a lot of nuances there. She's big on the team approach and leveraging experts and uh, has some really great takeaways for those of you that are multifamily buyers or aspiring multifamily buyers. Before we get into the episode really quickly, if you would like to see our investment projects that come out at DJE and you're not already set up in our portal, you can go to djetexas.com to get set up there. And secondly, if you're an aspiring uh, multifamily operator, you wanna go out and run these deals um, yourself, We've set up apartmenteducators.com as a complete ecosystem to be able to go do that. We even got a free eight-part video series that I teach there at apartmenteducators.com that you can go check out. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Emily. Here we go. Emily Snyder, welcome. Nice to see you. How are you? Hey, Devin. Doing phenomenal. Thank you. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah. So thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today. Uh, oddly enough, we're in the same city, but still doing the... The remote podcast here, but I'm sure we'll have you on other podcast episodes in studio. Um, so yeah, thanks for jumping on and let's kind of kick it off with a little bit. Well, so you're a multifamily broker. We'll just kind of put that out there. Uh, so we'll talk about lots of multifamily stuff, deal flow, what's happening with deals, you know, deals you've done, all that kind of stuff in Texas. But before we get into all that stuff, how about some, some background on you for those folks that haven't met you? Yeah, thanks, Devin. Um, so my name's Emily. I've been in real estate for about six years, started off in the distressed um, single family space. So really found a passion for problems and distressed properties and realized that's a, that's a lot of where the opportunity comes from. Um, that was pretty much my foundational you know, aspect of learning real estate where I learned the escrow part of it, the transaction side, the deal finding, the deal structuring, and um, even bought properties and flipped them myself, but really fell in love with the problem solving and the deal finding aspect of real estate. So about a year and a half ago, got into the multifamily space, uh, which is a completely different you know, aspect of real estate um, where there's truly so many different people involved in these deals. So in the multifamily space, I've now started to learn how to deal find, how to structure financing, how to follow the transaction from, you know, finding the deal to opening up escrow to working with the management companies, the lenders, um, all the way to the closing table. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, it's, you know, the, the skill set of, dealing with distressed real estate on a single family project. Some of that does transfer. Now you might be need working yeah. on a project though that's a 10 or 20 or $30 million transaction, but still in some ways still distressed real estate, right? Right, and I think the biggest hurdle for me was, I mean, still real estate, like you said, right? And it doesn't matter if we're in Texas or Florida or Atlanta, 
but um, the biggest thing for me was getting past the mentality of like more zeros. It was very intimidating when I first started, um, but there's just people operating at different levels and really pulling together so many resources. And in single family, I was never familiar or, you know, that, that, that just wasn't very common. It was common to find one house to take it on, you know, yourself. Maybe you've got one guy lending some money from their IRA um, and then just completely, you know, con consistently um, just rinsing and repeating. But, uh, but multifamily, I've gotten to watch all these different people, you know, partake in one transaction. And there's also a bigger pieces of the pie that you can go in and, and split. So, you know, and there's also like room for error, Devin, I think maybe you can speak on this too. You don't have to know everything. And if I think you, you make one mistake, I think the property's big enough to absorb, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe lacking $20 in rent a month, but it definitely is over, um, over a long period of time. So real estate is definitely patient. Yeah. Yeah. It could be more forgiving. And, and you're absolutely right about the team approach. The projects are just in, in a lot of cases, too big to do by yourself. Even if you could come in and write a $5 million equity check yourself, you still need a property management team. It's not just a person, it's a team. You need competent legal counsel that, that has done these type of deals. You got your title company, you've got your loan broker in some cases, your lender. Never seems to be a straight line to the closing table on these deals. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's always, there's always some sort of... Uh, something coming up before they actually close, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a lot more side swiping happening of like, wait, we totally forgot, you know, to, to do this agreement or um, gosh, even from past experiences uh, in the multifamily transactions, we've got code violations coming up or just right. flood zone. We have to work through those problems, which I think is a drop in the bucket in, in you know, in the business itself. So yeah, it's just kind of what you expect from doing a transaction. So what is the, you know, walk me through how you work with a client, like from the very first, you know, time you see a deal or an address hit your radar all the way through to, hey, we close, your client closed on the deal. What does that, what does the whole process typically look like? I know they're all different, but. Yeah, they are different. Um, But I would say it starts with the relationship. So if we've already had a conversation or maybe you're already in the business doing, doing deals. And I work with tons of new, you know, new, new clients and new buyers and new investors. Um, but typically they start off with an existing relationship, right? And you have a clear idea of the type of property you're looking for. And I'm of course there to sort of walk you through different scenarios of what, what would make sense. And, you know, looking at how much equity maybe you are capable of raising or the deal size that you're comfortable taking on. So I'll get really just a clear idea of, first off, what 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 area do you want to be in? Is it San Antonio? Uh, is it Dallas, Houston? Um, do you have preferences on, you know, to type the pockets of, of the city that you want to stay in? Are you okay with tertiary markets, sub-tertiary markets, things like that? And then I'll get really clear on the deal size. Right. And it's so broad to say, um, I'm okay with just doing, you know, 10 units or, or 100 units, but really identifying what that price point looks like. Can you take on $10 million? Can you take on $20 million? Because every asset class has a very different price per door. Um, um, you know, so 
getting an idea of what that deal size looks like. And once I know that, and we back into how much, how much capital you can raise from your network and how much capital the deal requires based off of what I'm seeing in the debt markets, we'll sort of back into that number. And so it starts off like that, right? And once you, once you're clear and you have a good idea of what you're looking for, then it's also important to like understand um, what your investors are looking for. Everybody's buying different. Everybody has different returns that they're trying to, to, to hit the mark on. So um, of course we underwrite a, a certain way and we work with a lot of syndicators in the market. There's of course family offices and 1031 exchange buyers, but understanding what your investors or, you know, maybe, maybe you're the sole person with the equity. What do those returns look like? And once we identify that, we'll then start going out to the market and sourcing properties that fit your criteria. So once I know about you as an actual client, um, we'll go ahead and set up what's called weekly or bi-weekly deal reviews. And that will consist of every single week we're actively looking at properties. We're actively looking at what's going on in the market. Of course, we're consistently having conversations with our debt brokers, um, with property management companies, with other brokers in the market, uh, sellers too, right? Because there's always expectations that are shifting. Um, so we'll have weekly deal reviews or bi-weekly deal reviews. And that means, well, while, 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 we've, while we have all the information that you're looking for, we're out there in the market sourcing exactly what you're wanting. So when that, when, when that weekly deal review comes, We've got a deal or maybe one or two potential really strong deals that make sense that we'll put on your plate, we'll present to you. And in this case, um, we like to have an overview of the property. So we'll, we'll share with you our underwriting. Um, we'll go through everything from start to finish. I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's a brief one hour deal review. But in that inst or in that situation, we'll cover where the opportunity lies in the property, the property itself, the history of the property, the returns, where we see opportunity, but where we also see room to push and where we see room to actually back out of. So we like to look at it from a conservative standpoint, but having conversations with the buyers uh, or our clients gives us a better idea of where we can get more aggressive or um, where we can you know, fine tune our, our, our underwriting um, to see how we can revisit the numbers and then sort of, you know, create a call to action from there. So yeah, after we, after we have deal review, um, we'll have sort of like an open dialogue, um, get an idea of what our next steps are. And typically that looks like um, either revising or underwriting based off of the changes we discuss, um, then, you know, touring the property and then, uh, submitting an LOI and then sort of carrying that 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 process through. But in that process, right, it's so easy to get caught up in all the really small details. You wanna you wanna understand where all that capex money is gonna go to, and you know maybe let's let's talk about like rent premiums on washer dryer units and really having all those fine details locked in. Um, but it's important for us to like look at the deal as an overall, you know, like overview level and then start creating a plan to action from there. So it's, it's exciting and also really fun to work with new buyers and new clients who, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in those small details, but to sort of move them through that process and show them, you know, why deals look good and what makes them, you know, sort of, we turn our eyes uh, away from these deals. So yeah, it's a little bit about like the process and what it looks like. 
Yeah, yeah, I love it. Certainly a lot there. And it's definitely intimidating <laughs> when, especially for somebody new, when they look at a, a profit loss statement on a multifamily and there's like 200 line items. If you if you haven't lived and breathed that uh, sort of financial statement before, it's definitely overwhelming. But there are some things you can do like, okay, we're just going to consolidate everything in our, in our um, payroll. You know, there's 30 payroll line items, but what is, what is our payroll price per door? Like it's, right. we can kind of summarize some of this stuff and, and get to the data a little bit faster, but still there's a, there's a ton to know and a ton to learn. And the, the lenders are going to be picking that apart. Um, so what, you know, after you get a uh, letter, letter of intent out on a deal, um, the action kind of really starts once that is signed and comes back. Um, and then you're, you're kind of off to the races. Who gets involved and, and what happens after you've actually got an executed LOI? Yeah, so I guess sending off the LOI is, is, is one thing, right? But then waiting for it to come back or having it signed or having some sort of purchase agreement executed and you know moving moving forward that's a process right so that that's about like a one to two week process of course we like to expedite those things but in that in that period it gives the it gives the buyers time to send an earnest money to sort of coop their team together it could be you know um, equity partners management companies all these different people are being all, all these different people are being engaged um, as well as like legal counsel title companies and so forth um, but once we go in escrow and and, and, and escrow is opened we'll start to engage our loan broker that's I think the number one person to bring into the deal because the debt markets are always changing, you know, and mm -hmm. just with the financing portion of the property, um, it takes about 45 to 60 days. So at least getting a better idea of where those loan terms are going to shake out is uh, number one, right? And then second, uh, while you're having conversations with the loan broker, it's also really important to start engaging the management company because the management company is going to be the one actually on the property day-to-day -day operating and running these properties. So, you know, when you go under contract, you've got, you know, whatever's negotiated, we typically have about a 30-day due diligence period when we're in escrow. And so when we engage the management companies, our goal is to get on site, start the due diligence process. And that's typically about a week after we go under contract. Um, but time is of the essence right because you have earnest money on the table and we take that very seriously so when the management company is on site um, we start doing full unit walks we want to understand what the condition the scope is of the entire property interior exterior really getting an inventory of you know I don't know every single unit what's been done so we look at appliances um, any damage any mold any sheetrock that needs to be repaired any flooring what's the condition of the overall units and each unit and it's a very tedious process right so efficiency and having the right management company is also so important in this process as well so um, of course we do unit walks and on the side we also do what's called lease audits and so we'll make sure that what's on the rent roll matches what's in the actual ind individual leases. And again, it is tedious, but these are all things that the lender is going to want to see. And these are all things that are going to make you successful as a deal sponsor, but also, you know, for the team and the deal itself, you've you got to have eyes on all these little small details. Um, but 
so yeah, once, so once you do lease audits, then you go into bringing like third-party vendors into the property. So we're, we're trying to get an idea of all those items that are in our repair scope that we started putting together um, in like the first week to two weeks of the deal. Uh, we start having people bid out these projects. We want to understand what our actual rehab scope is going to look like. Of course, remember, like I said in, in the beginning, when we're underwriting these deals, we've got a very high level idea of what these unit renovations are gonna cost. So in this process, we really start fine tuning those numbers, getting an idea of what's gonna be done to these properties. Um, are we gonna be you know, changing out the appliances from white to black? Are we gonna maybe upgrade them a little bit more to stainless steel? Are we dropping down pendants? Are we doing new roofs, parking lots? Um, so we bring in all those vendors to really start fine tuning those numbers in that due diligence process. Um, but, the, but the biggest thing in the due diligence process, right, is to make sure the property itself looks good and there's no really major items that are gonna require additional CapEx money. But it's also to see what's the feedback like from the lenders, you know, once right. you go, once you go hard with earnest money um, and you don't have a lender secured, that's when it like that's that's the time of the essence. Right. So when I said engaging the loan broker from the very start is probably the one of one of the most important aspects of these deals is because the lender is going to want to have application fees, but the lenders also are going to be bidding on these projects you know, just, just to be transparent, we just had a deal that um, we were under contract on, we extended our due diligence period. Yeah, we had money hard, but we had so much feedback coming back from the lenders about crime and age of the property and the DSCR and the market shifting. And, you know, when push came to shove um, and the due diligence period was about to end and we had you know, another $200,000 of earnest money going hard, which is, you know, something that we take very seriously again, um, that in, in, in that process, right, we could not secure a lender. And so instead of risking all that hard money past our due diligence period, we just decided to say, hey, we, 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 we did our due diligence period, we, we worked it till the end, and that's all you can do, right? But the importance of really utilizing that due diligence period is not only for the condition of the property, but to really start having conversations with lenders. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for all that. I mean, there's there's a lot there. Obviously, yes. there's a lot of moving pieces in multifamily, and it's definitely a team sport for that very reason. Uh, you mentioned the loan broker several times. I mean, look, ten million dollar deal. You're getting a seven million dollar loan on it. That's the biggest uh, capital partner on the project, and you really do need to you really do need to start getting somebody on your team early that's going to yeah. be able to navigate that. Because if your loan proceeds change, that's going to really change the the metrics of the deal. And I mean, for those of us that are raising capital, um, it's all about the investor return. And so your right. your loan numbers change. We're seeing that now. I mean, we're talking mid twenty twenty two right now. We've seen the debt markets change pretty drastically over the last couple of months, and that's that's impacting things. So there's a lot of, um, it's a dynamic debt market for, for certain happening right now. Um, and so, yeah, having that loan broker on your team and having a, a clear line of sight to that debt is, is critical. So let me ask you about your clients. You know, when you're working with somebody, how do you sort of qualify them, right? To make sure, because we, we say a lot that, you know, you really don't want to go pursue deals until you can have a line of sight to the debt 
and the equity. Uh, otherwise, you're kind of just wasting everybody's time if you, if you don't have those two things at least sort of teed up. But, um, you know, you want to work with people that can, any broker wants to work with people that can close. So how do you, you know, how do you kind of vet your your clients on the, on the front end to make sure they're in a position to, to actually pursue a deal they could win? Yeah, I mean... I think it's important to also know who, like what, what somebody comes from, you know, are they already in real estate? Do they already own property? Um, or is it something very new to them? Right. And so I do like to understand what their experience level is. Um, and, and if it's nothing, that's okay, because we have so many other resources that can teach them and show them the way. Um, but for people who, um, are a little bit experienced, you know, also there's still resources we can offer. Um, in order to really vet these people and, and sort of take on clients, um, yeah, I like to see what their experience is, but I also like to understand um, what their network is like, uh, where their equity is coming from. Do they have mm -hmm. other, do they have other, you know, equity raising partners? Um, do they have maybe relationships with family offices that they pull their funds into. Um, mm -hmm. it, there's so many different ways that they can find their equity, right? And and also um, in multifamily properties, you have to have a certain amount of net worth to be able to qualify for these properties. So with that, it's important to know, okay, what what is their net worth? Can they qualify? If not them, then do they have somebody on the team that's going to help them qualify? Um, and so we look at the, not only the equity, right, but also the line of sight to the equity and to the debt. Um, so we'll look at that and then also get an idea of what they can close on. So taking into consideration all that equity and um, getting them sort of synced up with the lender to see what those missing pieces look like so we can plug them in. Um, but like I mentioned from the start, you know, getting an idea of what their, what their uh, requirements are or properties of, of interest look like, you know, that's number one. Um, but definitely seeing where are they in that stage of taking down a deal? Do they already have their capital partners uh, lined up? And um, where, where do they see themselves fitting into this puzzle? Not everybody is, you know, um, I would say not everyone is, is able to just jump in and start managing their first property. And so we have a lot of people who, you know, will jump onto one GP's deal. You've got a sponsor really leading the way, right? Managing everything between myself, the lenders, um, and then also their capital partners. And so, yeah, seeing, seeing, seeing what all those pieces look like uh, and then starting to really actively look at deals from there. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for that overview. So um, before we wrap up, Emily, what, what advice do you have to somebody that's kind of getting into this business and looking for their first deal? Um, you know, what do you, what do you say to that person at, to kind of guide them towards a successful closing? Yeah. Um, I think anything starts with just getting clear on what you want. You know, mm, if, if, sure. if you understand, yeah. if you understand what your goals are, maybe you want to retire from your job and five years, you know, or maybe one year, how many units do you need to, to buy or to partner on to be able to hit that goal? Um, and again, getting clear on what you want starts from just the very early stages of, of properties of what you're looking for. And also, but in, in internally in your life, what are your goals and getting clear on that and sort of how those two align. Um, second, I would say that like relationships, are everything. And I've preached this from the very beginning of my business and my life and just through what I've learned. Um, but really 
honor those relationships that you have in your life and and be a be a resource for those people and tell everybody about what you're doing and even if you're in multifamily and just starting um, you have so many people who know what they're doing and deals that you can jump on that are paying returns to to these investors that you know your network is only looking for they just don't know where to where to where to look you know they don't know where where these deals are hidden so it is very much a relationship business so i would say really hone in on those relationships and your network and tell everybody about what you do. And, uh, and if you tell somebody you're going to do something, give it, you know, give it your all honor your word, always do good business. And, um, yeah, just pour into those relationships. And I would say those are my top two things. Get clear on what you want and relationships. I love it. That's, that is very true. And, um, that is, that's great advice. I think it's especially important for somebody to just narrow down what they're looking for. If you just say yeah. you're looking for family, that doesn't help you. You know, you really do have to get pretty specific and uh, about, about what you want. And then it's going to help you reverse engineer how much capital you need and all that other stuff for, for successful clothing. So, well, I love it. Well, Emily, thank you for joining today. Great to catch up. Great to hear from you. And I uh, wish you continued success in your head. Thank you, Devin. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.